Like, I think that the reason that you <clears throat> wouldn't throw a hat, like, it should need to be defendable in court. Like, it needs to be, like, a very <laughs> serious reason. Like, this is a family heirloom from, like, my great-grandfather who attended the first Bruins game. And, you know, and even then, I think you would need to, like, still go buy a hat and then just, like, interrupt the play later and throw it on or something. Because, <laughs> like, you Delay need to get into the hat gun. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, you'd time it so it wouldn't be... And in a way, arena, so... It goes yeah, away. but, like, you can't leave that building without a hat going on the ice. My name is Cam Hasbrook, joined by the usual Jerusalem Johnson. Uh, Chris is not with us today. He's still feeling a little bit under the weather, uh, but we're going to hear to we're here to pick him back up with some love of the audio content. Uh, episode twenty three of season five of the Bruins and Bruins podcast, the hockey podcast, never podcast, presented by Bruins diehards and whatever Oliver wants us to say here. Sure Wicked diehards, PHL Boston diehards. One of those, or maybe more, not one of those. Who's even really to say? Um, we have been off for a little bit here. Uh, some hockey's been played. We're going to get to that in just a minute here. Uh, the Bruins finally bouncing back from really their first skid of the season and looking strong since then. Uh, but first, we're going to get into the beers. But, I, you know, before the beers, how you doing, Drew? I know we, I saw you the other night. We had a good time. Uh, yeah, we had many a beer. We did. Well, I had like <laughs> one. Actually, That's true. You were, you were driving, yeah. so you didn't. I had many a beer. <laughs> you did not have beer. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> Anything. Uh, shouts to Rosie's in Portland. Always a good time. I left our stamp there uh, and chalk, Bruce and Bruins, and then a guy yeah. erased it like 10 minutes later to draw his own fucking thing. Yeah, and then we realized Bastard. we still don't have stickers, and so we're going to get on that. So yeah. Um, if you want some stickers, tweet at us. Maybe we'll give you away once we have them. But anyway, we're talking beers here. I've got a, a special one, actually. This one's got a special place in my heart. Um, this is the Cherry Raspberry Ale from Brown's Brewing Company in Troy, New York. This place has a, uh, a hockey-related nostalgic connection, actually. I grew up going here a lot of the time uh, before going up to watch some college hockey at RPI. So I was there. You know, a lot of my earliest memories falling in love with the game are prefaced by a nice meal at, at Brown's. They have a, a big restaurant that goes with the brewery. Um, they used to be the Troy Pub, now they're Brown's. But... Um, Many a many a pre hockey night spent there with you know my dad, and my family, and stuff like that. So uh, a special place in my heart. A little bit of personal bias, but I will say this beer needs no bias because it is very very good. If you're ever in town, I would recommend trying it. I think it's kind of one of their signature beers. Um, I like it a lot because it's got you can see it's, it's got kind of a, a dark amber color to it. Um, it's kind of, it's, it looks like a red ale almost, um, mm -hmm. and I guess it's not too far off from what it is just a, a red cherry raspberry ale, but I like this a lot because it, it still tastes like a beer, like it's still ale at his heart, but it's got a very like smooth and just delicious sweetness to it between the cherry and the raspberry. Um, does not pass the Drew test. Drinkability, very high, maybe dangerously high actually. They go down smooth. I'm gonna say uh, 32, and tasteability is a 36. That that is a very tasteful beer. Nice. Um, but again, it, it toes the line. It doesn't taste like a sour. A lot of people I know don't really like sour beers, but still enjoy this because it's it's still beery at heart, but it has a um, like I said, just a very fulfilling sweetness to it. Fun fact: if you go there, they also have an oatmeal stout, 
and you can get them to pour i forget what they call it it's like an oatmeal cookie or something like that but they mm-hmm. will do half oatmeal stout and half cherry raspberry ale i've never had it so i can't vouch for it uh i know my dad loves it and a lot of other people will order that the half and half so uh, if you find yourself in Troy and at Browns, Drew, maybe we'll have to go test it out sometime for an episode. That'd be fun. Yeah, that sounds like uh, an obligation. Yeah, we can do, I'm sure uh, it'll be better than your white pumpkin ale infamous. infamous Hopefully. I think almost anything could be better than that, um, <laughs> including this red Gatorade. Um, I bought this red Gatorade last night at CVS <laughs> at like 9.45 p.m. I put it in my fridge and I didn't touch it, so I'm drinking it now. Drinkability, 37. Tasteability, 37. Electrolytes, 37. That would be and crazy. And Drew tests. Drew, uh, well, the the bow itself, uh, let's see. I can vaguely see my hand through it, but I'm going to say no on the Drew test. How do, you, how do they measure electrolytes? Is it like by weight by, or by unit count or something? I don't know how that By goes. light. What if they could market with patrice bergeron and, and get them and you know we can we get ourselves in on this based on our rating system now nah, dude bio steel 37 electrolytes in every bio steel yeah 37 <laughs> electrolytes i i don't know if that would be 37 how do they measure it? somebody who knows more than this tell us how they determine the amount of electrolytes. 37 grams of electrolytes. That's all, like, it can't be gram milligrams and i don't know that seems like a lot. i don't even know but do you measure in milligrams or is it like it could be a oh, look, we could read this bottle like, and we can find out electrolytes it contains no fruit juice in case you thought maybe it contained fruit <laughs> no no have you seen the gatorade documentary water sugar dextrose citric and salt sodium uh, citrate, mono, I can't pronounce that. Yeah, modified tough. food starch, natural flavor, glycerol, um, ester of rosin, red 40, caramel color. But doesn't say <laughs> what is, anything about what is red 40? That's, a uh, that's like the color, it's like yeah. the food coloring. Uh, anyway, <laughs> maybe red 40 is the color of the red line that they have in hockey. I think, <laughs> I think that's the uh. The name of the episode actually is Red, red 40. Red 40. It sounds like something a quarterback can call out. Like, red 40. Red 40. Red 40. Omaha. Omaha. I was just watching a video actually last night. Quick sidebar. That was um, it was about Peyton Manning and Brady and their careers. Uh, beef history. If you've ever watched anything from. Super oh, yeah. Space. Beef history is great. There's a really yeah. good Bruins Canadians beef history. Yeah, there is. There's a really good one. Um, but let's talk about how Peyton Manning was pretty much the first quarterback to you start yelling shit at the line like the omaha Wait, omaha really? was famous yeah apparently like you know they would huh. like like quarterbacks before them would like call out like audibles and stuff but he was the first one to just keep repeating these phrases throughout the whole thing and some of them aren't even audibles it's just like fake or whatever you know so he was the first like audible hand gesture quarterback i guess oh huh. that's interesting yeah. good to know just the uh, Shouts to Peyton Manning. I love all the videos of him crying on the internet. You watched the Manning cast last night? No. I did not watch it. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I okay. it, but... Oh, great. <laughs> awesome. I watched a little hockey, though. I watched uh, Vegas blow one, and uh, it was actually tough. Though The Blues, I had to watch the Blues win, and that's never fun. Watching Jordan no. Bennington smile is not, not what I consider a good night, but... Um, we have had some pretty good nights with Bruins lately. Uh, let's go back. When was the start of that three-game skid now? I'm looking at the first loss. Was I blacked it all out. It didn't happen. So going back, what, about two weeks, 
little under week and a half, really. They lose to the Red Wings, then they lose to the Rangers, giving up seven goals. I know that generated a lot of noise. And then losing the Blue Jackets again, all three of those losses giving up at least five goals. The first real skid this Bruins team has had after looking – I had a weird deja vu coming out of the season because, like, I feel like last year they came out just better than I expected. Like, I, I thought we would be pretty good, right? But I didn't mm-hmm. expect them to, to do, obviously, what they did. Um And this year is kind of the same thing. Like I thought the Bruins would be a playoff team for sure. I thought maybe third in the Atlantic was probably the most realistic chance of second, maybe a wild card if things don't go well, but that goaltending is probably too good. And now it's kind of, you know, it's been deja vu so far this season where you're like, are they really going to do this again? Uh, Finally catching their first blow here over the, over the course of the last week and a half with those three straight losses, but have since righted the ship, partially thanks to a, a pretty favorable timed matchup with the just pitiful Sharks. Um, but bouncing back with a, an exciting overtime win against the Maple Leafs, always a good time. And then obviously uh, last night, as we, or I guess two nights ago as we recorded on Tuesday, um, defeating the Blue Jackets with a, a Brad Marsh and natural hat trick. Where are your vibe levels at right now between like, oh, this team is like going to actually do something crazy again or like, hey, that was a really hot start. But like we're, you know, coming back down to earth a little bit. And, you know, obviously this is a good team, but let's maybe pump the brakes a little bit on the, on the comparisons. Yeah, I think uh, vibes are definitely good. Like I said, blacked out that losing streak didn't fucking happen. Um, I think like. There has definitely been this aura around the season that is like, whoa, they're still at it, and they don't have Bergeron or Krejci, um, but they're still they're still there. They're the team. Like to start the year, they were like almost on pace for what they were gonna do, what they yeah. did last season, which is nuts. Um, and I think I, while I have a feeling they could, I don't know, I, I'm not gonna say 65 and O or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's not oh, but that you know you black out the losses. It's my key to life. Um, and I, you can't really expect that. There's no way to set that as the expectation. The expectation I don't think you could ever say is to let's break a franchise or league record, let alone one that we just set last season. With that said, I could see them in the high fifties, maybe even peak sixty with wins. But that is if they avoid more skids like they just had um really what that what that skid showed me is this team is still human because at one point kind of felt like they were superhuman in the way they just bounced back after the rough playoff exit last year and an off season where you lost your captain and another key piece so um the vibes are good but definitely keep expectations low playoff expectation absolutely shot at winning the atlantic um but the Atlantic's tough as it always is, and it's kind of interesting that it's not the typical Tampa Bay um, being up there. You got like Detroit doing great, and then if you look at the conference as a whole, the New York Rangers are now—I think they're the best in the—or they were the best in the league during the Bruins skid. Um, so yeah, it's shocking that the Bruins—they have the same number of points as a recording, and they have okay. one fewer game played. So, mm-hmm. so they're ahead. Um, yeah, I, expectations. Keep them, keep them realistic, but playoffs, baby. But, playoffs. but realistic also is is looking pretty good. That's kind of the mm-hmm. the vibe I would give it. Like, yeah, that's why I said like high fifties and wins. That's a playoff spot right there. Yeah, that's oh, absolutely. 
that's pretty much wraps the Atlantic if you can do that. And what's the legacy? I'm curious. You know, what's the SB Nation video we'll be watching uh, ten years from now if last year's team sets the record and blows out the first mm-hmm. round, and then this team, you know, ends mm-hmm. up making a run? Not to say they're going to win it, but that that's that's going to be interesting about which team is looked at as the better one when. You know, that's an yeah. interesting conversation. Yeah, I guess, you know, the value of the playoffs, whatever, kind of depends on what your stance is there. But um, coming into the most recent game, the natural hatchery for Martian kind of, uh, I don't want to say a breakout performance from him because I I think everybody is aware at this point of what he's capable of doing, um, but not the loudest player necessarily for the first couple months of the season. Um, I, I think he's played pretty well. But hasn't really had a signature game like that in a while, I guess. And um, to do it this weekend, especially off the news of, I, I believe his grandmother had passed on, you know, a couple nights beforehand. Um, I'm sure a really emotional night for him and just a, an incredible performance there, especially I think he's the one who scored the overtime winner against the Leafs too, right? So, yeah, he scored four in a row. The past uh, the past four Bruins goals have been Marshawn's. Yeah, and... I, I feel like that's just so important for him. And, you know, I think he's a guy who, you know, obviously has a lot on his shoulders right now, losing Bergeron, um, who's been his his guy for a decade plus at this point. You know what I mean? is pretty much the reason yeah. that he's in the position that he is today. Uh, I think he'd be the first to say that is, is tough. And, and, you know, I think, again, I th- when you're relied on to take on that role and continue producing at the level that he's been producing at for years at this point, that's a lot. Um, and I, you know, I think, again, I don't want to be one of the people who's been like, oh, he's played badly this season. I don't think that's true at all. I think he's been pretty good. And I think even the numbers reflected in a little bit, but, um, to see him have a performance like that over the last couple of days has been huge. And, um, especially off the back of what was happening for the Bruins and that skid, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's kind of just leading by example and, and, you know, and you know maybe a different uh, not really even a different style of leadership actually it is a very patrice bergeron like example i guess yeah um of just you know leadership is about more than just speaking up right and it's a lot of the times about not just production but the, you know i mean the way you're setting the tone for the rest of the team and for them to be skidding like that and for him to step up and and deliver four goals when they needed it is uh is huge for him and i'm, I'm really excited to see what kind of fire ignites in him and the rest of the team who see him, you know, laying out there for him. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, you know, or I think it was a few episodes ago, I had mentioned something about Marshy being kind of quiet and Chris pointed out he's averaging a point per game. Yeah. It just has been in a way that's not really loud and in your face yeah. and you got pasta popping off goals wise. Um, and there's the narrative there, through. right? Like, yeah, I mean, now he's, obviously the spotlight's on him now. It's, it's clear. And so, like, yeah. and Marshy now has 11 goals since scoring four in the past two games. Um, yeah. But, you know, before that, it was mainly assist driven his point production. So it was kind of on the quieter side, at least for him. Um, and now he's well on his way to a 20 goal season. And I was actually looking at this the other day. How many seasons was it? It was since the 2012-2013 season, which was abbreviated. So mm-hmm. that doesn't count, I guess. So since 2010-11, he has been a 20-goal scorer. Uh, and then he was reaching the 30s kind of at the peak 2015 to uh, 2019. He was in the 30s with yeah. goals. So kind of yeah. just like 
he's he's still on it. Maybe there's a little less, but I mean, what eleven game, uh, eleven goals in however many games so far? He could hit forty. Actually, I think he's yeah. about on pace for like high thirties again. So great to see that. Like you said, leader is important, and um, you know, as well as uh, you know, your words, but also how you play on the ice and the ability to basically win the Bruins that game. Uh, I mean, not to take credit away from defense or goaltending or anything like that, but the only guy to score, <laughs> hey, you can you can say he won you that game. I think also like with him, that really plays to his style of game, just being that kind of in the spotlight, whether it's getting in somebody's face or being like, I don't know. I think that probably there are some players, I think, that do better under that spotlight than others. And I'm just talking game wise. I mean, he is with the media and all that, too. but. Uh, you know, on that stage, he feeds off of it, it seems. So uh, when he's cooking, that that's a really good sign that he's the kind of player that can just keep that up. It's usually not in flashes for him. He's pretty consistent. So hopefully the goal scoring is also consistent. All right, a quick break in the action to talk about how you can bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's promo code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit cpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age, varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Apparently, you got to say that twice. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved, baby. Oh, that was a great ad read. Wow. Um, we got some listener questions. And actually, while we were on the topic of Marshawn, we got... A question from Bird, the Baked Bear. Um, which brew pairs best with a marshy hat trick? I think whatever one you're drinking at the time. I mean, you just keep drinking it. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> you're doing something right. Um, what's a what's a good marshy beer? Something something light, something something quick, you know, like a nice a nice pilsner. Or something. A little bite to it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's got to have a little bit of a kick to it too, though. Like a spicy beer. There's this one at Wilson County Barbecue here in Portland that they uh, and they have locations. I don't know if they're like nationwide or if they're New England wide or just Maine. But anyway, they have. um, It's just like one spot. No, there's a couple different locations. I think maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, come to Portland, Maine. (laughs) Go to County Barbecue. Worth your chicken sandwich alone. That thing. Yeah, it, it is the largest piece of fried chicken I've ever seen. Every time I'm like, that's like three sandwiches in one and it's just incredible my god no free ad except for those chicken sandwiches they're fucking well they have they have great food but they also have uh this beer that they brew um it's i forget the name of it if you go in it's on a big poster on the wall but they have like jalapeno in it 
so it's quite the spiciness. Yeah, not a, not a spicy it's not my yet. favorite. It's not my favorite, but uh-huh. it seems like a like a Brad Marchand beer in terms of just his play. It's got that. It's got that spiciness, that bite. The go. Rat King himself. <laughs> that'll that'll work. <laughs> Perfect. Um, then our good friend Sean Rajat, he scores. Um, <laughs> has three questions for us. Hi, Sebastian. Yeah, just jump on my lap. Sure. Want to be on the podcast? Want to answer this question, Sebastian? Is the six on five goals against issue fixable? Uh, it, like, unless you like practice it a bunch, which I feel like isn't really. I don't. If that's if that's hockey, man. I feel like that's just bad luck. Like, I don't know. Like, Hockey's you can't weird. obviously <laughs> try. Like, that's. Print those t shirts. It's tough when it's like consistent like that and maybe there's like some sort of issue but at the same time i think you know you get some bad breaks and six on five is wild the ice gets so crowded even though it's just one more player um and so i don't think it's something they could just fix by practicing it a shitload maybe is the only way but you're not going to dedicate a bunch of practice time to six on five i mean i don't know like i feel like just general defensive structure and it doesn't like even if you're not I, I think they probably are working on that some, I would imagine, at some point. But I also feel like even just other defensive structure work can help improve that as far as just things like, you know, even basic things like communication, <laughs> any other job. But um, and just general defensive structure, I think, you know, over the course of the season, you hope to see that improve. Um, hopefully not an issue that lasts too long. I know that's the sample size is you know, small at this point, but still not looking good. Um, but I, I do think it is something that can improve. You know, yeah. why not? Why not? <laughs> why not? Um, second question from Sean. Do they consider adding a big piece by the deadline? Or do they stand pat and wait for free agency slash a higher salary cap? Um, personally, I... A higher salary cap. It's <laughs> like think... the free beer tomorrow sign, you know? It's like, yeah, higher salary cap next year. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think... Uh, I think they'll add something at the trade deadline. I think any team that's trying to put them in themselves in a position to win a Stanley Cup add something at the deadline. What they... It, I think it's... If they stand pat in terms of, like, this is pretty much their starting roster, maybe they trade or looking to trade a prospect or trade... Um, some depth player that they can basically recycle, if that makes sense, basically just fill the void with someone else. Then you're looking at a rental. But if you're looking to trade one of your guys that is up at the end of the year, that's worth something like DeBrusque or, or Grizzlick or something like that, I think the Bruins are looking for something more, at least like another season under contract or something like that, um, which their value is a little deflated if they only have one year left, right? Like if you, you trade Jake DeBrusque last year, he's worth a little bit more than he is this year, you know? Um, but so it really depends on if they're there, uh, like, you know, where they're at when they get there. But um, I think they add something at the deadline. I think any team that wants to win does. Yeah. I think at this point you wait, like, I don't think they're in any rush to do it. I think, you want to be ready to respond to a mid-season injury or something like that. That could leave you, you know, short in a way that you weren't expecting. So um, have the willingness to do it. I think 
get an idea. As again, the sample size is it's there at this point. We're at twenty something games, twenty four, I think. Um, want to see a little bit more to really figure out where, especially you know, again as this team kind of comes together because there's obviously a ton of new faces. So I think compared to previous years, you needed to give it a little bit more time to like really measure it and see where where you're still coming up short after they've had a chance to kind of adjust and work on things. So as you get closer to the deadline, identify where your needs are. And then, you know, adjust for any injuries that may occur and then go with that plan. But but like Drew said, I think based on what we've seen so far this season, where they should be at, not that they're going to necessarily keep this pace, but where they should be at, which is a, a potentially contending spot at the playoff deadline. Typically, you see those teams add. I know this isn't a, a make-or-break year for the Bruins like it maybe was last year. Um you know, in, in the sense that they are still building for the future in many ways. But um, like we said, for kind of the reason they would compete this year right now, you still have <laughs> Lena Somark and Jeremy Swayman, which is a, a very kind of rare scenario for a team to have two goaltenders that, that are that good. And, um, you know, a couple of elite playmakers that, you know, again, that's that's enough to win a Stanley Cup sometimes. I'm not going to say that that's the, the bar for this team right now. But, you know, if you have a chance to go for it, then – you know, you kind of got to go for it <laughs> for some extent, but um, so yeah, look to be buyers hopefully, but you know, see see where the season takes us. And still, still early. Definitely. Um, last question from Sean. Um, and in in total, we're wrapping up after this, guys. You made it. Um, also, <laughs> yeah, you haven't made it. One more question. <laughs> what are your parameters around? if you throw your hat or not during a hat trick and then he listed some examples like the type of hat, the age of the hat, how far away you're sitting, et cetera. So what are your parameters, Cam? I mean, you got to toss the hat. I don't know what this parameters talk is. I think, like, I think that the reason that you wouldn't throw a hat, like it should need to be defendable in court. Like it needs to be like a very (laughs) serious reason. Like this is a family heirloom from like, my great grandfather who attended the first Bruins game. And, you know, and even then I think you would need to like still go buy a hat and just like interrupt the play later and throw it on or something. <laughs> Cause like you Delay need to get into the hat. God. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, you know, you'd time it. So it wouldn't be. And in a way arena. arena so it yeah. But like, you can't leave that building without a hat going on the ice. Mm. So I think, um, you know, I guess there are, there are some probably maybe you have like, you're going to be one of the arena proposals and you have like the ring, like in your hat, <laughs> probably don't, you know what I mean? But then again, you need to make good on the hat gods or else it'll strike down upon you. So um, I'm going to say it does depend a little bit uh, on the, if you have an old hat or like uh, just something that means a lot to you, it depends on the player. For instance, I threw my favorite hat, I want to say like five or six years ago uh, because it was a Patrice Bergeron hat trick and yeah, I like, couldn't well, say no. Exactly. It fucking John Moore scored. Well, actually, if John Moore scored a hat trick, that would be amazing. So actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, also, like if, oh no. I know, if like, if, pasta, if like pasta scores another hat trick, like what do you fucking do? Like, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It really, it's uh... tough not to, but 
What is that? Say that was my fucking favorite hat. I'm trying to think because I don't really have a Bruins hat. I'm super attached to that. I actually. Well, wear so that's my thing. Is, there, like, is it actually an irreplaceable hat? Like, is there some significant? It's like, not it's... being sold anytime. <laughs> okay, that's, that's that's. I don't know. I, it wasn't scary. even that special. It was just I had it for a long time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I think that kind of taught me my lesson not to wear a hat that I like. And oh, yeah, super and attached to to a hockey game because if you wear one, you gotta. There's a chance you're gonna have to throw it. Exactly, and that was kind of what my ultimate point was going to be: is like the responsibility and thus the consequences are on you because you you come equipped with whatever you bring, and so you know if you if you're bringing a nice hat or a hat that you value, you're risking you're risking losing that hat. So. If you take one thing away from this podcast, just be conscious of your hat decisions. Always, Especially... even even when you're not in a hockey game, just double <laughs> yeah. double double guess yourself. Um, As they say, double double guess yourself. <laughs> I don't know what I was going for though. Double think, double double, double take, do a double take. I don't fucking know. Uh, give it a second thought. There you go. That's thought. the line. That's the quote. Can you use that one, Cam? I'll just splice edit it in everything. There. Yeah. 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 <laughs> when, I, when I toss in the trackings, yeah, I'll do that. You'll sound like a robot. Yeah. Okay. Till next time, people. Ah! <laughs>